Hey everyone, this is Chris Vaught, and I'd like to welcome you all to the Pursuit Podcast, where our passion is to inspire and equip you with biblical truths as you pursue after the heart of God. Storms can be dark and confusing, out of our control, and even bring a sense of hopelessness. Yet God is our hope in the midst of the storms. This is episode seven, A Hope That Endures. Take your copy of the Word of God. I want you to turn with me to Acts 27. You can also open your worship guide and you'll see the, the um, s- scriptures and fill in the blanks there inside your worship guide. You know, we have a good time studying the scriptures here. We're in this series and uh, we're entitled Anchor. And how many know you've got an anchor? The last two weeks, we've talked about this anchor we have, this hope we have, and our hope is all sure and steadfast because of one event in history. Does anybody remember what is the event that gives us our hope that we know is sure and steadfast and will never change and can never be defeated? It's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you're glad about the resurrected Jesus being your Lord and Savior, the one who conquered death and hell itself, who came up with the keys in his hands, if you're excited about Jesus Christ and knowing that you have hope because he lives, I dare you to shout, praise Jesus. Jesus. That sounds good in this house today. Amen. And we're excited you're here. And I want to share with you this message. God has just really stirred in my own heart. Because as as we talk about anchor and we're talking about our hope in the resurrected Jesus, this is so vitally important for you to remember, not just on the good days, but you've got to remind yourself of this awesome truth on those bad days. Not just in the good times of life, you've got to hang on to that anchor because the anchor is good and it's strong when the winds are blowing against you, when the, when the waves are pounding against your ship, that's when you know how strong your anchor is. You don't know how strong your anchor is when everything is smooth sailing. You need to understand when your anchor is strong is when you don't see a way out. When you believe the conditions around you are worse than anything you can handle yourself. And you got to drop that anchor because you got to stay strong. You got to know how strong your anchor is. And I'm telling you, your anchor is in Jesus Christ, the one who arose from the grave. And there's nothing you're ever going to face greater than him. He's already conquered what you and I would say is the greatest enemy we'll ever face, and that's death. He already conquered him, rendered him powerless. And I'm telling you today, there's nothing you'll ever face greater than your God. And today I want to remind you of this. And it's important because as someone has once said, you're either coming out of a storm right now in your life, you're in the middle of a storm right now in your life, or you're about to enter a storm. It's just waiting for you around the corner. But there's one truth that we can all understand today and agree upon Storms come. In fact, Jesus said it this way in his Sermon on the Mount. Jesus in Matthew 5 says this. He says, he makes the sun rise and set on the righteous and the unrighteous. He makes the rain fall on the just and the unjust. And there's some things about life. You've just got to understand this side of heaven. Everyone has some good days and everyone has some bad days. 
And it doesn't matter how good you are, good things still happen to bad people and bad things still happen to good people and vice versa. And you just got to understand, we're in a fallen world. We are fallen creatures. And sometimes you're going to go through a storm in your life because of the consequences of your choices. Look at your neighbor and just raise one eyebrow and say, I'm talking to you right now. Sometimes you'll go through a storm because of the decisions you've made. Now, wait a minute. Sometimes you're going to go through a storm at no fault of your own. Sometimes you just enter a storm and you will never figure out why you're in the middle of that storm. Then there are storms you're going to encounter that are at no fault of your own, but you're in a storm because of the bad choices someone else made, and now you're dealing with the bad consequences that come from their bad decision. So you're going to find yourself at times in a storm because a storm of your own making, a storm of no one's making, and a storm of someone else's making. But here's what I need you to remember when you get in the middle of that storm, because Jesus came out of that grave, you've got an anchor to hang on to, in the middle of the storm. No matter what you're going through, there's an anchor to hold on to get you through. And if you keep your faith in God, you just wait and see what God's going to do once the storm is over. Today we're going to go to Acts 27. We're going to read about an historical storm. Actually happened. It was a physical storm. This storm that the Apostle Paul encountered. But the Bible tells us some historical events like this because they also have a figurative or a spiritual meaning, not just so that today you learn that one day, 2,000 years ago, there was a great storm. This guy Paul was on a boat. You can find that. That actually happened. But there is a spiritual truth tied to this that I pray all of us will hear what the Spirit of God wants to say to us here today and equip you for the middle of a storm. Uh, Jesus' favorite way to preach was using parables or telling stories. And a lot of those stories were, could have been uh, real instances. I mean, they, they were real, realistic stories, but they were stories, and he told them to get a point across. This actually happened to the Apostle Paul, and God is using what happened to him to preach to us this morning and to tell us that there are some spiritual implications to this as well. Storms come in your life. And I want you to write that down. It's the first thing on your outline. Here's what I need you to get a hold of. Storms come. And it may be a physical storm. It may be an emotional storm. It may be a relationship storm. It may be a financial storm. It may be a spiritual storm. Storms can come in all types of manners, but I'm telling you, every one of us will face storms. Some of you are in the middle of a storm. Some of you got a storm coming. So hear the word of the Lord today and get into this scripture with me and understand there is an anchor in the middle of every storm, and his name is Jesus. Somebody shout, yes, it is. So go with me, Acts 27. We're going to pick up the reading at verse 9. Let me tell you the history of what's happening here. Paul has been arrested for preaching the gospel. He was arrested in Jerusalem, and uh, the mob was about to, about to kill him. The Romans come in and rescued him out. He goes through some, some trial there, and he's, he's been uh, accused and slandered, and, they, and the Jews are wanting him to be killed. And, and Paul, who is a Jew, but he's also a Roman citizen, pleads to go before Caesar. Now, any Roman citizen could pledge to go before 
Caesar, and they would have to send him to Rome to go to court now. And so because he's a Roman citizen, he pledges to go before Caesar, and so now they've got to ship him up to Rome. And so they're putting him on a boat, and he's going to sail up. And Paul is in a city called Fair Havens. Everybody just shout that with me because it's important for you to understand. He's in Fair Havens. How many know if you're in a port called Fair Havens, you expect everything to be kind of smooth? But it's going to be out of Fair Havens that the storm is going to come. Paul is there at Fair Havens and he tells the, the guards, he says, Folks, we don't need to go on this trip. We don't need to leave yet. In fact, pick up your reading there at verse 9. Look at it with me. Verse 9 says this. Much time had already been lost, and sailing had already become dangerous because by now it was after the Day of Atonement. So Paul warned them, Men, I can see our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to the ship and cargo and to our own lives also. Now look at verse 11. Get your pen ready. But the centurion... Instead of listening to what Paul said, follow the advice of the pilot and the owner of the ship. And since the harbor was unsuitable to winter in, the majority decided we should sail on. Now, here's what's so interesting. Here is Paul, the man of God, in chains because he's preaching the gospel. He's the prisoner, and the prisoner comes up to the centurion who's in charge of all the prisoners, right? And his name was Justice, and he loved, he, he liked Paul. In fact, he'll protect Paul's life. And, and the centurion uh, who liked Paul, Paul goes up to him and says, hey, I got to tell you something. We don't need to sail because it isn't going to end well. We're going we're gonna to see loss of ship, probably even loss of lives. I just got a feeling this isn't going to go well. How many know you and I need to be able to get uh, to or understand what the Holy Spirit's saying? We need to have spiritual ears and perceive what the Spirit says. There's something we need to catch here. Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says. And one of the goals that you and I should have is to get tuned up spiritually so we can hear when the Spirit's speaking above the voices of everyone else. Because the centurion did exactly what you would have done if you were the centurion. The centurion did exactly what I would have done if I was a centurion and I had 272 prisoners on this ship and one of them comes to me and says, we don't need to sail. I'm going to go talk to the pilot of the ship because he is the expert, right? He's the one who sails the ship and I'm going to go to him. And that's what the centurion did. And the, and the uh, pilot said, it's all right. I've sailed in weather like this. Looks good to me. Then he goes to the owner of the ship, and he says to the owner of the ship, hey, should we sail or not sail? I got a prisoner, a prisoner saying don't go. And the owner of the ship's like, dude, I got to get these prisoners up to Rome or I'm not going to get paid by the Roman government. I got merchantile on this ship. I need to get it to the other port so I can get paid. The owner of the ship said, let's go. Hey, wait a minute. I love this. They pulled the group. And they pulled the majority. And the scripture says, and the majority said, hey, let's go. Look at me, folks. Let me tell you something. The majority is often wrong. Oh, y'all don't answer that. You're just going to sit there, right? The majority is often wrong. If the children of Israel had been in charge instead of Moses, they would have died in the wilderness. 
They would have went back to Egypt and died. Can I tell you something? The, the majority here was wrong. God doesn't have a democracy. He wants a theocracy. He wants to be the one leading us, and we got to be spiritually in tuned and let God lead our lives. Are you with me? Wait a minute. Then the centurion even listened to nature. Look at the next verse. When a gentle south wind, look down at verse 15, when, or, or 13, when a gentle south wind began to blow, they saw their opportunity, so they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. Now watch this. So the captain says, let's sail. The owner says, let's go. The majority said, let's go. He walked outside, and he's got blue skies, blue skies. Hey, the wind's blowing. It's nice. It's just a gentle breeze. Man, it's a great day to sail. Paul, you don't know what you're talking about. There's one, one, there's one man of God listening to the Spirit. And everybody else is saying, let's go. And they get in the boat. And they set sail. Look at verse 14. Before very long, underline this, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island. The ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind, so we gave way to it and we were driven along. Notice this, storm came right after they left Fairhaven, after everyone said it's going to be all right. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the storm came. How many know storms were going to come? And there are some things you need to remember whenever storms come. Write this down. Write these down with me. First of all, write down storms come and they are often dark and confusing. Paul is on this boat. And, and, and you know what? Paul's probably, he's scratching his head. He's like, I tried to tell him. How many believe Paul wanted to go up to the centurion and said, I told you so? I mean, don't you know when the wind started getting a little cantankerous, when the, when the rain started coming in on the ship, don't you know Paul's like, ah, I, I told him. Sun wasn't going to shine forever. And then now all of a sudden the boat's in the storm, and when storms come, it is often dark and confusing. I believe it was confusing because Paul was on a ship chained to a boat in the middle of a storm, and he hadn't done anything wrong. All he's done is preach the gospel. How many believe if you found yourself on a prison ship and all your crime was is loving Jesus, you'd be a little confused? I believe he's a little confused. I believe the whole group's a little confused because everything around them looked like it was perfect. And now all of a sudden they found themselves in a storm. And I don't know about you, but if you ever find yourself in a storm, I promise you there's going to be a moment in that storm that you're going to question, how did I get here? And I just not want to remind you, confusion is normal in the middle of a storm. You're going to be confused sometimes when you find yourself in the middle of a storm, and especially when you understand this next part, that the storm is out of your control. Storms, when they hit your life, they are dark, they are confusing. Sometimes you're there by your own Decisions sometimes at the fault of others, and sometimes it just doesn't make any sense at all. And then when you realize you have no control over that storm, we all like to be in control. Say amen. How do you respond with your faith when, you're, when things around you are out of your control? I like verse 15. Look back up at verse 15 with me. 
The ship was caught in the storm and could not head into the wind. Underline the rest of the verse and read out loud with me. Ready to go. So we gave way to it and were driven along. So in this storm, this storm was so bad, these experienced sailors and these Roman guards and centurions, all of them just eventually threw their hands up and said, there's nothing we can do about this. This is beyond our control. I can't handle this. I don't know what to do next. The captain, the owner, nobody had an answer. And they just threw their hands up. Let the storm do what storms do. Now, question, watch this, watch this, watch this. How many of you know that if you're in the middle of a hurricane, how many has ever watched the way the hurricane rotates on the weather channel? Or when you're watching your meteorologist, right? And he shows you a hurricane out in the ocean coming in to see what's it doing? Spinning, right? How many of you would like to get in the middle of that spin and let go of the rudder and just let that thing take you wherever it wants to go? What are you going to do? You're going to sit there and be spinning. Anybody here ever gotten seasick? Somebody shout seasick. You'd be seasick if you were on that boat, right? And you lost control and it's being tossed around in that storm. And wait a minute, watch this. These were the days before Dramamine. It's a bad day to be in the middle of that hurricane. And watch this. I want you to write this down. Storms will always last longer than you want them to. Look back at Acts 27, look down at verse 20, read the first part of the verse with me. And when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, watch this, they're in the middle of a storm, they have lost control, the boat is just twirling with the wind and the waves and the storm is just crashing in on them and it's going day after day after day after day. How many know sometimes some of us are strong in the storm for a few hours? And some of you have enough faith to get through a day or two. But how do you respond when the storm just keeps lasting day and day and night after night and no sun and no stars? It means there's like no hope anywhere. In fact, that's exactly where they got to. That's what a storm will do to you when it comes and lasts a long time. You will begin to develop a sense of hopelessness. Look with me at the rest of verse 20. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging. Let's read it out loud, ready, go. And this whole line is the reason I'm preaching this sermon. When we finally gave up all hope of being saved. Here is Dr. Luke who is walking this path with the apostle Paul. Dr. Luke is with Paul on this boat. And, and now he's saying when he and Paul and all of these folks on this ship, when we finally lost all hope, circle that word finally. Circle that word because it's like, okay, they were good for 13 days. But then came the 14th day. Look at your next verse there, verse 27. Look at verse 27 on your outline. On the what day? The 14th night. We were still being driven across the Adriatic. This storm is out of their control, and it's lasting longer than they wanted. They've been on this ship now in the middle of this storm for 14 days. 14 days it's been tossed to and fro, and they have finally, on that 14th day, there was a last straw. It's broken, and it's like Paul and the, everybody on the ship said, we can't do this. We're, we're, we're hopeless. We're, we're going down. Now, this is why... Uh, I believe this to be so important. God doesn't speak and God doesn't show up 
in their story until everyone lost all hope. And I'm so glad God waited till the 14th day. Because every once in a while, hopefully not very often, but every once in a while, you're going to find yourself in such a storm that you're going to feel completely hopeless. And what I want to tell you from God's Word today is it's at that moment when you feel you can't go on any longer. I want every eye looking at me for just a moment. It's when you feel you're most hopeless, I need you to remember this. There is still hope in God, and God will respond when you feel like you have no hope at all. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't check out. Don't hurt yourself. Don't, don't give in to the pressure you feel. Look up because your redemption cometh nigh. Look up where your help comes from. When you feel all hope is gone, don't look around you. Don't look inside you. Look up. Your help comes from above. And in that moment when you feel you're stretched as far as you can go, you're just then at a position that God can work a miracle in your situation. When all, when finally all hope was gone, they said, that's when all of a sudden God comes through. When you came in today, everyone should have received a little rubber bracelet. And on your rubber bracelet, it says, anchor, Hebrews 6, 19. We have this hope, sure and steadfast, because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We gave you this, and it's made out of rubber because it's very important. You don't know the strength of the rubber band until you stretch it. And I need you to know that sometimes God will allow you to be stretched so that you can learn what he's making you to be because there's some things you'll never do for God until you let God stretch you. And Peter says in 1 Peter, sometimes we got to go through a storm that is a testing of our faith so that God can remove some impurities and get you ready to shine like gold. I just need you to put this band on your wrist and the next time you're in a storm, I need you just to snap yourself and bring you back to the realization that while you're being stretched, you're just getting to the point where God's getting ready to do something in your life. Because it's not about what you're going through at the moment in the storm. It's about how strong is your God to get you through the storm and what is he going to do once you get through your storm? Who is, what is this anchor that we have? Well, for one, it's a realization. And I want you to write this down. Here's your realization I hope you come to. God may not keep you out of the storm. And there are some guys out there that'll tell you, man, if you just love Jesus enough, you just pray enough, you give enough tithes and offerings, you give enough offering, God will keep all bad things from happening to you. Look up here and let me tell you, that is a lie straight out of hell. If that be true, what happened to Paul's faith? Where was Paul at? He's on a boat, chained, going to Nero, who's going to behead him, and his whole thing is preaching the gospel. Living for Jesus doesn't mean a life without storms. 
It means you've got an anchor to hang on to in the middle of the storm, and you've got a God who can get you through the storm and do something so awesome on the other end, you'll be thankful you had a storm. Oh, y'all didn't like that, did you? But it's true. Watch this. God's going to do more with Paul after the storm than he did with Paul before the storm. Mm, I just felt that. I got to say that again. I want you to look at two people right now and tell them, God's going to do more with you after your storm than he can do with you before your storm. Now, I don't know who God's talking to, but you need to hang on to that today. Now, I want you to watch this. This is why we gave you these bracelets today. Hang on to this. Because, write this down, your anchor in the middle of your storm is your hope in God. And the question I need to ask you is, do you believe God is greater than your storm, or do you think your storm is greater than your God? I'm here to tell you if the grave couldn't hold Jesus down, there's no storm you're going to face that it can defeat your God. Amen? Do you believe that? If the grave couldn't hold Jesus down, no storm you go through in your life can hold back the power of God in your life. And in that moment when you're in the middle of the storm, you need to remind yourself you have an anchor, and your anchor's name is Jesus. Hope in him. So let's look and see how Paul got through this. What what happened with Paul and the prisoners on this ship that gave him such hope? Well, first of all, Paul put his hope in the presence of God. And in the middle of your storm, I want you to look up to your your God and, and seek his face. You know our theme this year is seeking the presence of God. And in the middle of your storm, you need to look up and seek the presence of God. I know when you're in the storm, you don't feel like praising him. I know when you're in the storm, you don't feel like singing. I know when you're in the storm, you don't want to shout. I know when you're in the storm, you don't want to read the Bible. But that's exactly what you need to do. You need to seek his face when you don't feel like it. And if you do it when you don't feel like it, mm, before long, you won't be able to quit because of the presence of God. And I want you to see what happened to Paul in the middle of the storm when all hope was gone. Look at verse 23. When all hope was gone, Paul stands up and addresses the boat. And here's what he says. Last night, An angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me, and he said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Question mark. Was the storm still beating on the boat? Yes, it was. Was it still dark outside? Yes, it was. Did Paul have any light of uh, uh, coming through a window, shining on him, warming him up? No, not at all. But he had a light coming up on the inside of him. And even when Paul was so low, he had to have an angel come and stand by him. He was a man full of the Holy Spirit, but God still had to send an angel to him to stand beside him and give him some hope. And sometimes you got to have God send you a messenger, someone to come and give you a word of hope. But when he does, you know this, that's God's presence at work. How many of you have had God show himself to you true and faithful when you were going through a difficult season? 
How many's had an experience where you know God sent you a word? That song came on the radio just at the right time. That Bible verse was right there when you needed it. She showed up. He came in the room. You got a text. You got an email. Something happened. And you know there was no coincidences. In that moment, you look up and thank your God who's with you in the middle of the storm. He may not keep you. I don't even think I gave you the rest of that answer, did I? He may not keep you from the storm, but he will be with you in the storm. Can anybody say amen? amen. And when uh, you're in that storm, what do you do? You hang on to hope. What hope? Hope of God's presence. Seek his face in the storm. Then, write this down, hope in God's promise. Look at verse 24. He said, don't be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you all those who sail with you. So look at the first part of that. You must stand before Caesar. God gave um, Paul a promise. Hey, Paul, you've got to get to Rome. You're in the middle of a storm. You're not in Rome, but I'm telling you, you've got to get to Rome. If God says, I've got to get you to Rome, but you're not in Rome yet, you're in the middle of a hurricane, how many know that must mean he's going to get through the hurricane? Why? Because God promised you're going to go to Rome. Now, watch this. When did God originally tell Paul he was going to Rome? Was it there on the boat? No, that was just a reminder. God actually told Paul two years earlier in Acts chapter 23. Paul said, and, the, and on this night... The Lord Jesus, the Lord stood beside me and said, as you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so you must testify me in Rome. Now, watch this. We get motivated sometimes when we believe the Lord gave us a word, and we'll feel it, and we'll share it, and we'll be all excited about it, usually for about 24 to 36 hours, right? Then the emotions go down. And we got to have it again, right? Or, or say seven days go by and it didn't come to an answer. Sometimes we start doubting. I don't know if I heard the Lord or not. If a month goes by, oh, that was just all my emotion in that moment, I guess. You know, look at me. The reason it's important to hear the voice of God and seek his face is because when God speaks to you, he only has to tell you once. God doesn't always tell you twice. And you've got to be able to learn to hang on to the promises of God through all of the emotions and the circumstances that are yet to come. Paul was told by Jesus two years before the storm ever came that he had to get to Rome. And all the angel was doing that night was reminding Paul of what God had already said because Paul needed to be reminded. Because God doesn't change his mind. And if God said it two years ago, God meant it. And just because situations change or circumstances change, how many know doesn't mean God changes what he has said? So hang, get into his presence and hang on to his promises. Look at the plan of God. Could it have been God's plan to put him on that boat? Look at verse 24 again. And God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. What did God do in the midst of his storm? 
Because Paul, when he stood up, he didn't stand up and say, hey, boys, I got faith. I believe that this is going to be all right. Because they would all looked at Paul like, well, Paul's a good man. You notice what Paul said in verse 23? Hey, folks, last night, an angel from the God I serve, because it wasn't a Christian cruise he's on. Are y'all with me? And if you just get up and brag about your faith and yourself, you're getting all the glory. And God will sometimes put you in a storm not to brag on your self-fortitude and your power and your faith. God will put you in a storm so you can tell others about Jesus. And that day, 272 people were inspired about God. Romans, soldiers, sailors, and prisoners all heard the gospel. And so when you are in a storm, remember, God may have a plan for this. And then lastly, remember this, in God's power. In God's power. So in Acts 23, two years before it happened, Jesus told Paul, take courage, you'll testify me in Rome. Look at Acts 28, verse 14. This is after the storm. And there we found some brothers and sisters who invited us to spend a week with them, Paul writes, or Luke writes, and so we came, what's the next two words, to Rome. Where did they get to? They got to Rome. Just like who said he would. Wait a minute, who said he would? I need to ask this side over here because I can only hear these guys. I can't hear none of you. Where, who said he was going to get to Rome? Yeah, God did. How about this intersection? Now, who, who said you're going to Rome, Paul? God did. I know you boys know the answer. Who did? God did. Y'all just keep talking back to me the whole time I'm preaching, all right? Everybody else will pick up slack after a while, all right? I'm proud of you boys. Hey, folks, listen to me. Paul got there just like God said he would. And here's what I want you to remind yourself. When you're in the middle of a storm, you've got an anchor who's greater than the storm you're in. Somebody shout his name. All right, I got to quit. This has been good, Amen. But I want to show you something before I do, and this is your big takeaway. After every storm, the sun will shine. Oh, I got to say that. After every storm, the sun will shine. I, I believe if you believe it, I want you to say it with me. After every storm, the sun, not the S-U-N, The S-O-N is going to shine. And watch this. God did more with Paul in the two years after the storm than he did in all those years before. You got a Bible in your hand? Some of you do. Most of you are like me. You've got electronic devices. Some of you are like me because you can have a Bible and just can't read it because the print's too little. So you, you just get big, right? All the 40 and above people said amen. <laughs> All you younger folk don't know what I'm talking about yet, you will. I remember going to church in a little Pentecostal church I went into, and people have entire magnifying glasses over a page. I mean, like eight and a half by 11 magnifying glass. And I'm sitting over there going, huh? <laughs> Not anymore. Watch this. If you go to the index, you see all the books of the New Testament. 
What did God do with Paul after the storm? Well, he went and preached the gospel on the island of Malta, and a whole tribe came to faith in Jesus. He went to Rome and preached to Nero and to the Jewish leaders in the city of Rome. They all heard the gospel of Jesus. And if you want to see what his writing looked like after, after the fact, after the storm, look down at this. It was after the storm he wrote the book of Ephesians, the book of Philippians, the book of Colossians, the book of Philemon, the book of 1 Timothy, the book of 2 Timothy, the book of Titus. He mentored Luke, who would later, after the storm, write the gospel of Luke and the book of Acts. Somebody shout, God's greater than the storm. And God can do more after your storm than he ever did before it. Thank you for joining us today for the Pursuit Podcast. For more content, to read our blog, watch past sermons, or find other great resources, check us out at chrisvaught.net, and then check us out on social media. Then tune in again next week, and we will open our Bibles and together pursue after the heart of God. Thank you again for joining us at The Pursuit.